Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 131. That is 131 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are your DMV Sports Podcast. Jerry, it's been way too long. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. So since we uh, since we last got together, we've had a lot of shit going on personally. Let's see, you went down to Beach Week. I did. Uh, we went to Mexico, and we had Fourth of July festivities and and the whole odds and ends. And now here we are. As far as uh, the sports we like, we didn't really miss much. No. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, no. um, we don't talk baseball on this podcast because Go, it's oh, boring but, as shit. I'll but, tell you, I'll tell you this though, I've become an Orioles fan. Well, I got to tell you, I. I, I I hate checking the standings right after, you know, it's still so early in the season, you know, per se. But uh, after today's game, they uh, there's only one team in the whole majors that has fewer losses than them. That's the Atlanta Braves. But I'll give you some bad news. Hmm. I've become a fan four games ago. And yeah. since since I've gone to the game and started, bought a shirt, they're one and two. Can so, you stop going to games, please? Sorry. Ugh, sorry, Jesus Orioles Christ. fans. Uh, so we'll... That, that's our baseball talk for the week. So, so we're going to get into some commanders, and then uh, we're going to talk caps. We haven't talked the draft or free agency, and you know what the upcoming season may or may not look like, and it's still fuzzy as shit for me. But you know, we'll get to it. We are in bad shape, bro. And we have a special guest this evening. We want to welcome Adam. What's going on, man? How are you, hey guys? How you doing? Thanks for the invite tonight. Absolutely, man. Thank you for hopping on. Um, I hope he doesn't know shit because if he starts calling me out on my bullshit, I'm gonna be embarrassed. Nah, because none of my shit is researched. <laughs> I don't read. I nah, it's gonna be talk. good, man. He's he's uh, he's gonna add a good element to the hockey talk, I believe, um, and uh, um, and 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 to the DMV, you know, uh, sports scene that we're gonna talk about. So yeah, man. So we just said it. So the O's actually are on fire right now. Um, not really on fire recently. They were a little stumbly before the break, and and just dropped, uh, you know, dropped two out of three to the Dodgers, who. Are pretty damn good themselves, but with all that being said, they're actually tied for first in the AL East right now. It's great. And that is still the best division in baseball, and it's yeah. not even close. You know the Yankees are in last. Fuck the Yankees, and they man. have fifty wins. Yeah, <laughs> they would be ahead in like four other divisions. But you right? know what? <laughs> they'll make, they'll slide into the playoffs and then like be in the World Series. Well, they're going to buy however many players they need to. Right. You know that that's my only fear with the O's is they really need to buy a starter in my opinion, and I don't know if they're going to do it. Well, here's the deal, man. I mean, you know. Becoming a fan the last four days, I've done some research. And, um, <laughs> Long time fan. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know, I, unlike most of the world, is a, I'm a Peter Angelos fan, right? Because we went to the same law school. Okay. And when I was in law school in the late 90s, the O's were good. That mm-hmm. was like the Ripken, Mike Mussina. Absolutely. Brady, right? So I was a fan then. And Peter Angelos used to come to, the, uh, to the, his law center. It was the Peter Angelos Law Center um, in Baltimore and just drop off tickets. Free tickets. And, okay. and I went to the ALCS game for huh. free no against shit. Cleveland, game three. So I I was a big O's fan. I mean, it was pretty cool back then. You know, Baltimore was a little bit different. But you could, you know, just go out, grab, hail a cab, mm-hmm. roll right down to the stadium in three minutes. Oh, yeah. And just go get a, get a ticket for 15 bucks. Well, we've talked about it before that because we're – I think you and I are, are D.C. fans first. You know, we're, we're Redskins fans as we grew up and, and, right. and that kind of thing. But – the Baltimore um, uh, sports scene is so much more attractive to go to the games and have that experience. Absolutely. Camden Yards and M&T Bank Stadium pummel Nats pummel. Park and FedEx, you know, yeah. dipshit field. I mean, yeah. that's the worst experience. It's the ever. worst fucking field and in sports. And we will get into that yeah. here in just a minute. So uh, so let's get into it, man. Let's talk commanders. Um, the the I mean, the sale is done for all intents and purposes. And, and Ding dong, the witch is dead, man. I know, man. So all the, all the local, uh, you know... DJs and, and shows are having their, you know, Dan is dead party, you know, tomorrow. And uh, as soon as the ink dries tomorrow with the NFL owners, I think uh, it, that's it, right? At that point, well, the Harris Group does take official ownership, meaning they can actually start, like, acting like the ownership. Yeah. So they, it, within the last week, um, they there was some people spouting out at the Washington Post about how there were going to be some... Uh, some sort of roadblocks, and Dan Snyder wanted all this and that, and one of the other guys uh, who used to work there um, is sued for defamation for like ten million dollars, and so you know there was all these. Well, this is not this is not done yet, right? Right. And I was wondering who leaked it because it didn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't like make why sense. would Dan Snyder not want to sell right over that because 
he's losing all this money. Right. Right. And the, the, this problem's going to be there whether, no matter who the owner is. Sure. So uh, it did make a lot of sense, and it turned out to be a lot of nothing. Sure. Which is not surprising. Uh, but two days ago, the committee uh, for the owner's finance committee, they informally approved it. Um, it was approved yesterday f- or today by the official yeah. committee, and yesterday they worked out all agreements with Dan Snyder regarding all the litigation. So sure, there's nothing to block the sale now. So it's done. So let me ask you this, because you've walked me through this entire process, because you've, you you love all the ins and outs of all this shit, um, and, and obviously your background, you know what you're talking about. Um, there's nothing <clears throat> as far as pending lawsuits that are upcoming that would affect... The, the transfer of the ownership at this no, point, right? No, it, the only the only question would be whether or not the organization needs to assume liability okay. and defend and indemnify Dan Snyder, or if Dan Snyder just needs to take it on the chin with mm-hmm. the, and pay out the money he just got plus his other assets. So sure. that's that's the only question. For my purposes, I don't give a shit, right? You know, it, right. it you know it doesn't, it, but it won't affect the day to day stuff. It's salacious, so people may. You know, there may be a lot of stories on it. Unfortunately, for my prediction is, uh, for all the people who have been wronged by Dan Snyder, whether or not it's females or cheerleaders or executives that he fired, um, uh, nobody's going to think about that anymore. Right. Every The the, the fan base and the, the populace is going to move on. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of takes the luster away from, like if I was one of those, lawyers for those people i'd be a little bit upset because there's no you know no one's really going to be angry yeah, and he's going to be he's All going to be out action that you would get as a lawyer and and, and have that you know <clears throat> you know have the witch hunt you know against the the, the big bad dan snyder all that's going by the wayside well think you know? about it man look, look what just happened at tennessee right tennessee under the former coach i can't remember his name but um it, i can't remember his name. tennessee football yeah yeah they were paying people Right, they got a bunch of violations, and they got a slap on the wrist, like eight million bucks, no bowl ban, and the biggest thing was, well, none of those people are here anymore. That was the rationale, and the co- even the new coach, Josh Heupel, was like, well, that's not us, you know. Right. So that's sort of the mentality. Once those bad people are gone, and you know, the overhaul had already taken place, right? So you know, Jason Wright, I think, is sort of Teflon. I think with, that's true, you know, and and rightly so. I mean, he he wasn't there when all that shit happened, so yeah, he was hired to kind of like put he a was good hired face to clean it up, it. right? Yeah. So yeah. you have new owners, and so now you really do get a fresh start. So I don't think you're gonna a lot of you're gonna get a lot of bang bang for the buck, right? Um, I mean, so whatever lawsuits are pending in terms of emotional damages and uh, you know reputation damages, sure. You're not. They're not going to have a platform, right? And, and if they're of a civil nature, then it really doesn't affect anything, right? Because and know. Mary Jo, whatever her name is, yep. uh, is doing her investigation, and it may have been completed, but that nobody's going to be press, pressing for the report anymore. At least, I mean, the journalists will, sure, uh, but most people are going to just move on past all of that. So, yeah, uh, the leverage that they had for for a buyout. Um, goes away because gotcha. no one wants to hear it. But like I said, um, I don't know what the damages, the value of the damages were anyway. Sure. But all of that collectively got this motherfucker out of here. Yep. Which, so we all owe them a big debt of gratitude. <laughs> Everybody that had the balls to speak up and say, you know, hey, uh, this evil rich man is really yeah. a bad person. I mean, did and- you guys, Adam, have you been following all this stuff? Did you see the article on uh, just came out last week with from ESPN about sort of the timeline of the downfall of Dan Snyder, and it all uh, it all began when he leaked allegedly, but I think he did. He leaked all of those John Gruden emails. Um, in you, think an, he, you think he did that? Yeah, and according the inference is that he wanted to show the league that he had dirt. Okay. And so he leaked them so he could show that he could bring down people. So he had shit on Goodell and he had shit on – and it worked for a little while right? because Goodell pressured Mark Davis in firing Gruden mm-hmm. to make that go away. Right. 
Um, and then Goodell gave Snyder the slap on the wrist fine, and you know his wife's going to take over right, sure. right when nothing really happened. Yeah, right, right. And right. that appeased him for a while until all this other avalanche came on. But he's just a spiteful little motherfucker. Yeah, he is. You know, yeah. and I would love to see someone punch him in the face. That would be awesome because he 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 just ruins. I mean, he ruined John Gruden's fucking coaching career just to prove a point. Right. You know, and I mean, if the, my favorite quote of the whole article was Mark Davis goes, fuck Roger Goodell and fuck Dan Snyder. And then they fired him anyway. Right. You know, because they know he had no choice. It was just like the, a yeah. fucking shitty leverage play. Yeah. Well, you've, you've said it for the longest time. I mean, the NFL owners all have dirt and they know the dirt on one another. So they actually don't want to sell out one of their own, no matter how despicable they may, right. might be for fear that the backlash is going to come back on them, you know? Um, and but, I think that's why it's taken so long to get Snyder the fuck out of here because guys like Jerry Jones and guys like Bob Kraft, everybody's like, oh, they're great owners. Those guys are dirty as shit. Yeah, you know? they're all dirty. You can't they're fucking dirty. do that shit exactly. without... Exactly. You can't be that successful without breaking right. some shit, right? No, no Treating question. people like shit, you yeah. know? Rich dudes with money treat women bad on occasion, I would assume. I mean, I'm generalizing, but you know. I mean, Absolutely. Right. Nah, it's it's it, you know it's the good old boys club. Uh, whether you like it or not, the NFL's king. I say it all the time oh, right yeah. here, but I mean they just print money and they figure out how to you know take the latest scandal and just shove it under the rug. I mean, think of all like the miscreants in the league over the last few years. You know, your Antonio Browns, your you know um, even what's his name that went in and out of rehab eight million times. Oh, what's that fucker's name? You know, yeah. he was in Cleveland for the longest time. You know, all those kinds. I can't of guys, think of his name. They always get a second chance, a third chance. Dude, he gets like an eighth chance. I know, man. And they until just, he can't catch no more. You know, whereas these other leagues, somebody has one thing against them, and it's like you know they're they're completely blacklisted. But the NFL finds a way, man. They just they play the PR game better than anybody else because globally they're just massive. You know. So Adam, Todd, and I will be. I mean, I I come from a broken home, Adam. So I can cheer for any team. That's in the that's in the Bible. Um, if you're come from a broken home, uh, you can cheer for any team whenever you want to. So really, when I get frustrated with a team professionally i just switched to a different team so right now i switched i uh, i've gone back and forth with the nationals and the orioles mm-hmm. um i can like both i just decided i'll just like both well, they're, um, in different, they're in different leagues yeah i mean yeah. i rooted for the nats during their world right. series run because it was fun right and so you know, i don't I, live and breathe you know by every win and loss i've always been a redskin fan i was i we grew up here and that that was living and they were fun to cheer for they right were. with joe gibbs and all that shit so uh, I was always a Skins fan. Now I'm a Ravens fan uh, because Holly is a Ravens fan, and she looks good naked. So I figure, <laughs> and plus they, they, you know, they, they're a competent franchise, so they bring joy, right? I will say this though: his record as a Ravens fan going to the games is so pissed. One in seven. I've asked him, please don't go to any. One in fucking please. seven. So please. my allegiance can flip. Who do you? Who are your teams? I'm a Redskins fan. There you go. There right. is. So are you? Are you happy, sad, indifferent, worn out, or cautiously optimistic? I'm optimistic for the future, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, and I think this new change in the front office is going to make a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's going to be gonna, huge. It's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah I do too. I think it's going to be immediate too. I think players want to stay here, they want to work hard. Well, you got to see what this guy's going to do. I mean, yeah. we, we've heard horror stories how he ran the Devils for a while, oh, for right? Sure, and, right? And the oh, Sixers, sure. and he was cheap and all that. But absolutely, a bad owner is still better than this motherfucker we've yeah. had. Okay. You know, I mean, that's yeah. how bad he was. No, no doubt about it. Um, I will say this: as good as I, and I completely agree with you, Adam. I think the, the it's going to be immediate how the organization's run. It's going to look professional. It's going to act professional. And I think that fan base that was finicky for the longest time, for good reason. There's enough fans that are going to get right back on. There's enough people that are like, I'll never buy a commander's you know, uh, hat or whatever. Hey, man, first preseason game, you start to get that buzz. You start yeah. To, you know, they're going to be like, you know what? That guy's gone. It's not, the whole Snyder regime's gone. This is a new beginning. Let's go. I mean, instantly the karma changes, it right? Does. And the tone. Mm-hmm. And as much as the negative, you know, obviously negativity, which we've seen forever in all walks of life, sells and clicks clickbait and sells you know that's what that's what drives ratings is negativity and anger absolutely so i i certainly expect that to continue in terms of the coverage of the team but 
overall tomorrow is is a is a turning point in in the new regime. It is. Um, I think the happiest person in the history or in all of this is Ron Rivera because he doesn't have to answer a fucking question anymore about Dan Snyder. That doesn't mean he wants to coach here for another year. I still don't think he really wants to coach here for another year. But I think he it's probably a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. where it's just the negative the negative cloud that comes with every third question he has to answer is probably is over. Yeah. I guess I guess for me where I'm I'm cautiously optimistic here, you know, I, they're they're going to be run better. Um, it's going to be a better product. I just feel oh, it's going to sound so lame. <laughs> I feel a little bit more like justified in my allegiance yeah. because, I, like I well, said, they're better people. The last decade, I've told everybody they're like, "Why do you still root for that team?" I'm like, I can't not. Like, I was six, seven years old going to RFK. Like, it's in my blood, man. I'm a fucking sports fan through and right. through. You right. don't just flip that, you know. Um, but at the same time. It, it, Despicable organization. I'm not going to defend Snyder or the organization. Now, I don't have to. Right. And, and to your point, guys like Rivera, who are good good, good guys. Good dudes, man. Um, who definitely have brought uh, a level of respect and professionalism despite that regime still being in charge. Now that they don't have to answer for that shit, maybe they can just go about their business and do what they need to do. However, they're stuck in that stadium for a few more years. Yeah. And it is the worst fan experience in the NFL. It it's is. It's not even fucking close. Nope. You know? People rag on Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville just opened up the brand new preeminent training facility in the whole NFL. Right. So they're, you know, they got the new car on the block. Their stadium is still meh, whatever else. But hey, they fucking made the playoffs last year. They got some young talent. It's like, wow. Like you can't point to another organization right now and go, I would go, I would go to a Cleveland Browns game. That stadium's cool as shit. It's right on the water. Right. They sell out. It's it's great. I don't go to FedEx Field. I won't go there. It's the worst experience ever. And they can't get out of that until what twenty twenty seven, I think. Yeah, it's like the earliest. Well, what are Adam? In your opinion, what are some things he could do on Saturday? So you're Josh Harris, right? And you have the press conferences, and basically, I don't want to hear him talk. I want magic. I want Magic Johnson to be the face of the because that guy makes me feel good. He's always smiling. He's everybody loves Magic except for fucking like Isaiah Thomas, and that guy's a dick, right? Yeah, but everybody loves Magic, so. And so when he talks, it makes me happy. I don't want to hear Josh Harris. I want to hear magic. But let's say you're Josh Harris, and let's say Friday comes around and all the, all the adulation, you have all the press conferences, and that's done. Saturday morning, 9 a.m., what do you do? That's a great question. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what are they going to do? The ink dries. What are they going to do to increase the fan experience, get people to training camp probably? Right, there yep. probably be some some real good experiences for um, for fans coming out to training camp. Right, um, and then as much as I'm with you, I, I don't want to go to FedEx Field. I, yeah. I don't want to pay sixty, eighty dollars to park. You know that whole fan experience. Kind of wonder what they're going to do for season ticket holders coming into the season. What type of announcements are they going to come out with next week? It can't just be well. They hey, were new owners. Right, it's got to be new owners. You, you have something. to believe that these guys have been planning something for the last 90 days about what they're going to do. Maybe not announce it tomorrow, but announce it soon thereafter. Right. And I think the, the easiest fix is, one is, you have to put money into the stadium. Even though you're getting rid of it, Yeah. you have to put money into the stadium to make it a better experience. Yeah. Right. Um, there are pictures of the seats which are like all dilapidated. Uh, the, the covering is destroyed on a lot of the seats. You got to just have that. You got to increase the sound system because the sound system is freaking terrible at a game, right? It's, it's really bad. Um, yeah. And so there are things you can do. You can lower the prices. Uh, someone said that they have the, uh, the second highest prices in all of football <laughs> for concessions, right? That's and, so absurd. And Arthur Blank from Atlanta basically cornered the market on lowering concessions and yep. he makes a ton more money. So yep. there's got to be a business plan there. Right. And maybe get better vendors. Get rid of the vendors who were there that sell shitty food at, at excess prices and get better vendors, right? right? So there are things you can do um, to enhance the experience, right. right? Immediately. Now, you're going to have to put some a ton of shit of money in it, which you don't really want to do if you don't want to be there. Right. But... But like I, you said, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place there, and they're going to have to make right. some sort of investment. It's almost like when you're selling your home, and you know that one bathroom's just not 
you know, and the real estate agent's like, ah, I put a couple grand into that. You're like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to put that into the new house. It's like, yeah, but it, while you're here and, and when this goes to market, you're going to need to do something. So you have to bite the bullet at some point. And right? I think, you know, Adam, one thing I would do is in, that's inside the stadium, outside the stadium. There's got to be engineers on your payroll to fucking make it a better flow. You got to do something. You got it. Takes two hours to get the fuck out of that right. stadium. Yeah. You know, or into it, depending. Or on into it, depending. Yeah. Know? So you have to design. I mean, it, you the know. only good news is they shouldn't have any primetime games in. Home, right. You know? I, mean, I don't know, man. I, I we'll get to that. I'm okay. not sure they're going to be terrible. Right. I, I don't think they're going to be dreadful. But I, I, I do. Do you? Yeah. So, but I think they can. They, there has to be, and I'm not an engineer, obviously. But there has to be some sort of way where either you get better personnel directing it, right? Right. But there's got to be better ways to get in and out of the stadium in a quicker, uh, quicker manner. You would think so, man. And then finally, after that, you got to do something about the practice facility. Oh, it's for the fan experience and training camp. Yep. You're not going down to Richmond anymore. That lease is done. Right. So you have to do something about the because I've I haven't been there to watch a train at least I don't think I have um, but I've heard from people it's just it's terrible so I heard about two weeks ago on I was listening to Grant and Danny and um, they had gotten leaked information that um, for the training camp purposes obviously they're not charging right. which Snyder was doing there for a while <laughs> can you believe that shit he was selling tickets to training camp so they're not doing that anymore so it used to be like basically standing room only there in Ashburn. Right. Really small. So what they've done is now put in like a 5,000 seat temporary bleachers. There you go. So the people there, can, you can see put tents and stuff and they've gotten local food and drink vendors to come out and have like the food trucks and, and all that kind of stuff. And they have like a little like fan um, play area for kids and that kind of right. thing, you know, with the little simulators for, you know, the games and stuff like that. At least they're trying something. That's and, pretty cool. And like you were saying, I mean, just to start with, just entice a handful, a couple thousand fans to come back. To oh, they'll be there. They will. They'll be there. They're, they're, they're loyal. We're loyal as the, the fan base of this fucking franchise is a sleeping giant. Look, man, the fact that this sale set all the records tells you that this is a deep-rooted fan base that's not going anywhere. No, they're not as going anywhere. As bad as Dan Snyder is, and we, we've trampled on his grave a hundred times, and it's always been justified, and as bad as the stadium is that we just went over, they just got almost $7 billion for this franchise. Yeah. So that, you don't get that without a legitimate base that you can grow upon and make money in the near future, you know? Um, and when that new stadium goes up, yes, you're going to take the hit initially in that investment. I think it's going to be an absolute windfall. I, th I think... These investors are smart. They yeah, know what doing. I think what what I heard the last three weeks, and I and I haven't really followed it because I just, you know, I get the, the headlines, right? Uh, but... There's legislation, and I don't know how it works, but there's legis congressional federal legislation to either purchase RFK or declare it some sort of manner in which allows it to be sold to the to the new ownership. And so it looks like, and Westmore, the new governor of Maryland, is like, hey, we're open for business, right? right. So it looks like the people are, you know, but I think D.C. has the inside track if they can use that land. And it looks like the, the wheels are turning. Right? I, I'm certainly hopeful. Less Originally, I think it was nostalgia because that original RFK site like we've talked about is so perfect. The infrastructure is there. You have public transportation. You actually have land for parking there. It's very easy in and out. Believe it or not, 295 is way easier to access than 495. Is. Yeah, it is. You know, it is easier now. So, you know, the fact that they were able to get 55,000 people in and out of RFK for 40, 50 years without an issue. Well, subways, I mean, Metro's right there. Exactly right. So you have lots and lots of options. It, it just seems like the natural fit for them to regain that, you know, that reputation as being a good, proud franchise. How many politicians will stand in the fucking way, though? Oh, yes. I mean, what's her name? The fossil that's still, she's still a D.C. councilwoman, Eleanor, Eleanor Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the biggest opponent to it, you know? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I, first of all, it's a miracle she's still alive, let alone. She uh, probably isn't. Yeah. She did to Robert Burns. <laughs> he died three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, though, that the pull that some of those politicians have. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, what is their opposition at this point? I, I don't, I don't know. Look what Cap One Arena did for Chinatown. 
Caps, Wizards. I mean, that area is just a bustling mecca of food, you know, bars, restaurants. Dead and Penguins people. fans. <laughs> and just, Fucking hate you know, the Penguins. And Cap One Arena is not new anymore, but the upkeep has been fantastic. Leon just keeps putting money into it, and that just revitalized that portion of the city. Yeah. Now you look at what Nat Stadium and Audi Field has done for that Navy Yard area. Again, that area is completely different than it was 10 years ago. That's exactly what a new-aged RFK would do at that site, I believe. Yeah. I really do. What do you think, Adam? No, I agree. I think especially going back, old RFK, people would love it and eat it up. I, I There doesn't seem to be a lot of downside, but then again, you don't know all the red tape that goes in on no, it. No, you don't. I think um, going over to Virginia, Northern Virginia would be... Fucking suck. Yeah, that would suck. Really yeah, bad. well, when they... When they Remember when they said Dumfries, I was like, fuck was this like, place. are you kidding me? That's like a two-day drive on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. I mean, every time I think about going down 95, like, towards Richmond, I just, you know, whatever the nav says when I get in the car, I, I add, you know, 50%. You know, yeah. like, you know, if it's an hour, now it's going to be an hour and a half. You know? uh, the mixing bowl is the worst place in the world. Horrific. Oh. Horrific. Yeah, and the hot lanes did nothing. Nothing. It just bottlenecks the traffic another <laughs> twenty miles down. You know, it sucks. Um, well, that's but, you know that that's probably that's now, probably what they're end well, up. Well, hey, with. we're only we're only a couple weeks away from you know real live preseason football. Which yeah. you know, again, I think preseason football is boring as shit. But when you follow your team, there are those five, six, seven, eight positions that are intriguing to watch. You know, does that linebacker who comes out of nowhere, the third year guy? Jamin Davis, you know, it, it, <laughs> you know, just some free agent pickup that nobody's ever heard of, and he makes it through the first rounds of cuts, and then you're like, well, shit, that guy looks pretty good. Well, you there'll know? always be a training camp uh, diva, right? Always. There, everybody's like, this guy's gonna be amazing, always. and then no one ever hears yeah, from him again. But here's why I think they're gonna win seven games, seven to eight, sit between seven and nine. Um, Sam Howe's better than we thought. Okay. All right, here's the million-dollar question. I don't want to get everybody's input on this. So they're rolling with Sam Howell, so they say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they sign Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. You're a betting man. Who starts more games this year? Sam Howell. Take health to the side. Let's let's assume that they are both healthy, which is a huge assumption in sports. I get it. Right. But let's just say that they're each willing and able to play for 17 games. Who gets more starts? Sam Howell. I think it's going to be Brissett. And that's why I think they're going to stink. I, I agree think, with Jerry. I think Sam Howe is better. I hope you guys are right. Because I don't care if they win five games with Sam Howe. I'd rather watch a young guy develop or peter out and go, eh, that wasn't the guy, than watch a guy like Jacoby Brissett who's going to throw. He's going to complete 18 for 23 for 130 yards, one touchdown, one pick, and you're going to lose 16-13. Well, Sam Howe may have something like that. But here's what I like about him, right? This is what I noticed. And the – Eight video clips, right, <laughs> that I watched on him in practice or in mini camps. Um, More research than me. <laughs> he didn't need to be coached. So no, what, no one was standing around him saying, "Oh, you got to do that after every play." He sort of just ran his shit, and he was telling people what to do. Interesting. So I think he's a fairly smart guy. Yeah. Um, and that in of itself is not amazing, right? He's got a pretty good arm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big and, boy, and he's yeah, yeah and it, but he can he can move enough. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I think I knew he could throw the ball. I saw him throw on fucking college eight hundred times, right? And I knew he's a pretty good athlete, and he's got the he's got a little bit of a Baker Mayfield moxie, which I love. I was just gonna say he has right? that confidence level that borders on cocky, which I like. But I know. think he's smart. Yeah, and he has that's what I didn't know, and he has sort of the command. I think he, the, from what it looks like to me, anyway. He's got a good feel for um, where the ball needs to go. The release point's good, and he's quick. Makes quick decisions, which is to me the most important thing. You got to know. You got to see shit early, and you got to get the ball there. Right. That's why Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, right? Sure. Because he can just see where. And Peyton Manning, they can, they know where people are going to be before they even know where they're going to be. Right. So, um, not saying he's going to be like that, but no, I th- no, no. But, but you I bring, think you bring up some really good points. And, I and think I'll- he will be between. 20 and 12 rated quarterback. He'll be in the teens. Okay. So he's, he, he'll crack the top 20. He'll be in the teens. Okay. Yeah. And so I think if, that if gets you. If you were right on that, then your prediction of wins right. could certainly come to fruition. Because you know? they, have, they have a top 10 receiving core. Mm-hmm. 
Their running backs are pretty good. They are pretty good. Their line is, eh, you know, okay. Um, defensive line is good. Defensive front seven's okay. Line, I mean, line, they don't value linebackers. They, I just don't think they play with linebackers anymore, right? They're yeah, basically in, they're, they're, they're in nickel. They're in nickel six, say, 65, using, 75 percent of the time. Fourth safety, right? You know, as a quote unquote quasi linebacker. So I used to get so upset when they didn't have a middle linebacker. They don't need a middle linebacker. I mean, they they have one, but they don't. That you know, their corners and their safeties are pretty good. They are pretty good, right? Yeah. So I think, and they'll be ultra conservative, and they'll win. So they they won't score. If they get the twenties, they should win a pretty much. They should be in every game right. and win most of them. Right? They won't, but I think they'll be between seven and nine wins. I hope you're right. I'm, I'm thinking six is the max. I, I just they're just not going to score enough. And while I appreciate the conservative approach, keeping the games tight, if you can squeeze out a couple, you can get a, a timely turnover. I get all of that, but this league has turned into a scoring league, and you know within the division. Philly and Dallas are going to score, and they're, they're going to outscore Washington. That's just the bottom line. I'm not so sure. I think Dallas is sort of on the de- decline. Well, I think Mike McCarthy's a bumbling idiot. <laughs> He's, He's a kind of a moron. A moron. Everybody's like, oh, I wish we got McCarthy instead of Rivera. I'm like, not me. No McCarthy's way. An idiot, dude. dude, I mean, I, I got problems with Rivera and just his personnel decisions, but he's a better coach than fucking McCarthy. <laughs> McCarthy's a moron. Of course, um, I used to think the coach at Philadelphia was a moron, and look what look at the yeah, fuck he's done, man. Yeah. Well, he's just he's got he's got moxie. Yeah, yeah. Guy, he, he doesn't give a shit, man. He, when they hired him, I was like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> and look at me. Is that Sirianni? Sirianni, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Ah, you know what? Again, NFL's king. We're talking about it in July, and we're actually passionate about it. And it all starts with the the change in ownership. You know, there, well, that, the it, it's man. a good fucking day. It, it really is. a good day. It Tomorrow's really a good fucking day, man. Cheers and, to that. Man. And I'm I'm not gonna let anybody ruin that day. I'm, I'm with you 100. percent Not man. even Peyton. <laughs> you should be listening to uh, a variety of Redskins uh, radio on your way. Yeah, down. she don't even. <laughs> the girls will have their headphones. My on favorite game with Peyton is to say, Peyton, where are the Seahawks from? And she'll go. Cincinnati, North Dakota. <laughs> and I'm like, well, first of all, Cincinnati is not North Dakota. <laughs> uh, all right, man. So yeah, optimism for the commanders, I guess, with the regime change. At least that gives us something to root for. And Let's know. turn the tables now. I'm officially off the Brian McClellan bandwagon. I'll let you start. All right. So we're going to get into our Caps talk here. And um, – Again, it's been a minute since we uh, since we wrapped. So the the NHL season came to a close, um, and Vegas was officially the Stanley Cup champs. Um, an un- a great NHL playoffs, in my opinion, a very underwhelming finals, in my opinion. Um, but you know, I digress. That that, that happens sometimes, right? Um, so here we are, the Caps. Um, I thought they drafted pretty well, um, but again. Unless you're top two to three picks in the NHL, you don't see the ice for a few years. Again, it's not as long as baseball, but, man, these guys take time. You know, pro hockey's a different beast. Um, so I like Leonard a lot. Um, I think he's going to be I think he's gonna be an NHLer. Um, he's We're talking about Ryan Leonard, their, the Capitals' first draft yep. pick. Um, the only reason he didn't go in the top five is because he doesn't. he's not a center. You know, NHL – GMs would it's almost like a run on QBs in the NFL. Like you've got this stud corner who you rate three on your board, but then that fifth quarterback sitting there and you're like, shit, I can't afford to wait and get the sixth or seventh guy. So you go get him. So the first five picks were centers, you know, and then after that, a D man. And so he's a winger and they aren't coveted by NHL GMs very much because they, they figure they're a dime a dozen, but a pedigree player is a pedigree player. And that's what he is. So he's a top five talent. They got it eight. With all that being said, you're not going to see him for, my guess is 2026 is when, is when he cracks the roster full-time, you know? And some people are going to go, oh, dude. Again, aside from Bedard and Fantilli, every single one of those guys is probably going to be 2025, 2026 when they actually make the NHL roster. What about the Russian if he comes over early? Well, he's, his, his contract goes through 2026. Yeah. The what earliest hap- he- what, no, what, what happens if they make a deal and he buy, they buy him out and he comes over early? That doesn't happen with the KHL. It, assuming hypothetically, if it did, do you think he'd start in the NHL? No. Really? He's small. No. I mean, again, people forget Kuznetsov was the highest rated center that year, and everybody avoided him 
because of his contract situation in the K. Caps waited him out, and they actually waited an extra two years because his agent was a fucking asshole, you know, and milked it and milked it and milked it. It took him four and a half years to come to North America. And then once he came, he was seasoned and he was ready. Point is, you're taking a flyer on those guys, and they already have the Russian that went this year is basically a mirror image of the Russian the Caps already took last year. So they already have a guy in that KHL to, the, to North America pipeline, and they're a year ahead of where they would have been. So I, to me, it would have been a mistake to take the Russian because you basically would have done a redundant draft pick that you had no prayer of seeing for three or four years. And that's if everything goes right with the visa, with the negotiations with the K, everything else. Leonard's in North America already. He's going to play in the O, that, you know. He's going to play professional hockey, and he's in the organization. You don't have to worry about that, you know. Um, Adam, what do you think? He's here. He's at the camps. He's he's coming. He's going to get integrated a lot faster. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, so so I like that. Free agent wise, I, they actually did more than I thought. I didn't think they were going to do anything, Jerry. They, they, you know, the pariah, slim pickings, bro. The pariah is Nick Baxter. That contract prevents them from doing anything that they would like to do and get a little bit greedy. Yeah. And unfortunately, I wonder who I don't said think, that for the last couple of years. I, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to play more than 50 games, you know, which is why I think the signing of Pacioretty, even though he's, he's on the, the tail end of his career, he's still a guy that can play 70 games in the NHL. So I think that they plugged him in to have that, that center depth that they need. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with the deal for Edmondson. I think he's a big, strong, you know, uh, veteran defenseman. Uh, that made me feel a little bit better about their blue line. Um, I don't know how good they're going to be. I will say this. The optimism that we just talked about with the commanders, I'm feeling that way with the coaching staff. Because after Trotz, who, by the way, was a veteran retread at the time too, and until he won the cup, we figured it was just going to be another first, second round exit. The guy's won a million games, but he's never won anything. So we, we caught lightning that year for the cup. But after that, failed miserably with Reardon. COVID happened. And then they went and got LaViolette, and you had another veteran retread coach, and the results were what they were. So for the first time in a long time, I think they've got a young up-and-comer. And you said it, Jerry, when they hired Carberry, everybody wanted him. And the Caps got in early, did their interview, and snatched him up right away. Um, Adam, so, what do you think about Carberry? Were you happy when they got him? I am. I think coming out of Hershey, right? You know, coming through the organization, yep. I think that's another one that just – he comes in day one with a lot of buzz, a lot of energy. And people around here, you know, are huge on the, the Hershey Bears right now, especially coming off the Cup win. Speaking of which, are you going to go to uh, Rockville this weekend? I you, saw that on yeah. Saturday. The Cup's yeah, yeah. going to be there with, uh, with uh, like Sam, 11, yeah, 11 Sam to, 11 to 2 old, or something. Uh, old Montgomery alum. He you is. Know, played Team Maryland and then went up and had a great career at Knipiak and then uh, – in the A. All right, so Adam, when you go to a Caps game, what jersey do you wear? Who who's your guy? And it can't be Ovechkin. That's too easy. I actually stay completely neutral. I don't have a jersey with anybody's name on it. Really? I mean, I like that. I like that. I I, I, just, I like the blank jerseys. Yeah. Who who who's your favorite Caps player? If I can say last year, I. Uh, Hathaway that they traded was my guy last Brutal. year. Yeah. That yeah. really I, I enjoyed watching him. I thought he brought a lot of energy every time he was on the ice. He was feisty. He was in the mix. Yep. Um, and I was kind of sad to see him go. Me too. Um, and that's why I'm a little, as you say, optimistic for this upcoming season. I'm not so sure I'm there yet because almost every player is new except for Yoshi. Well, the, the rebuild the rebuild is here. It is. I here. mean, they got rid of every player they could have gotten rid of. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we have to learn a lot of new names. We do. We have to see them well, play Well, here's the good together. thing, and, and, and your, your point's well taken about the tie-in with Hershey. Not only did Carberry have a chance to coach a lot of these guys in Hershey, then he got a crack at the NHL level as a top assistant with Toronto, and even though Toronto didn't make it past the second round, they were a mishmash of veterans and youth. And that's exactly what this Caps team is. You're going to have to find a way to get Alexi Protus, Connor McMichael, Hendricks LaPierre on lines with Tom Wilson, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, you know, those guys. So Carberry had a chance to coach the young guys, then a chance to coach at the NHL level with old and young guys. And now he's got a roster that I'm guessing him as a hockey guy, he, he's probably more optimistic than we are. 
He's going, shit, man, I got a lot of moving parts here. It's not right. like you're stuck with lines one and two and then it falls off a cliff. It's, you know, you can roll four lines with this team still. You know, how good they're going to be, I don't know. I mean, you just don't know. When you say roll four lines, you're just meaning you got bodies, but they don't have any. Who knows if they're any no, fucking good? That's the opposite of what I mean. What I mean is you have these interchangeable parts. See, a guy like Tom Wilson, we love, right? But Tom Wilson's game at this stage with his knee not being, it's never going to be 100% anymore. He might be that third-line winger with a young guy like McMichael and then with a solid center like Strom. And you go, well, what's he doing on the third line? You're balancing things out a little bit, you know? If you don't have those movable parts, then you don't have options. Right. You know? He's going to have to find that mix. That's and exactly he will, right. I think, be able to trade in and out for a while. And unlike and a, a retread it. like LaViolette, whose goal was just to win now, right. he didn't want to see a guy like LaPierre or McMichael because in his mind, he's like, I got two or three years. I got to fucking win now. I got Ovechkin. I, you know, I'm going to roll the big dogs. And that's all he did. You know, and the results were what they were. All right, so here are your centers. On the, I'm just going to give you last names, and I'm going to butcher the names, but I apologize. <laughs> Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Limoges, don't know who he is, Matthew Phillips, Scarbosa, Dylan Strom. Mm-hmm. Terrible. All uh, right. Nick Dowd's not on that list? Nick Dowd is not on that list. Why is that? I have no idea. I don't um, know what list you're looking at. ESPN. Hmm. I don't know. Well, Nick uh, Dowd is most definitely a, a center on the Capitals. Left wing. <laughs> Sonny Milano, Ovi, Max, whatever his name is. LaPierre? No. Or, Pe- Pecoretti? Oh, Max, Max Pacioretty? Yeah, that dude. See, but, he can play wing or center. Yeah, that motherfucker's older than ice. All right, right wings. I don't even know how to say that name. I'll, they have Nick Dowd as a right winger. Yeah, see, uh, you're, don't, don't look at ESPN when you're talking well, I'm just, about I just needed the names of the people. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. I'm, all right. Uh, Dubé, Mantha, Oshi, Riley Sutter, Tom Wilson. Will Mantha, Mantha be here? I don't think so. Nobody wants him. He's going to well, cut him? No, I mean, it, you're, 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 you're kept, you're, you're left with the cap hit. Yeah, but basically, uh, he, McClellan just said, nobody wants him. We're trying to trade him. Yeah. And nobody wants him, so he's, you, I'm bringing him back. So he's going to be here. Well, here's the, here's the million-dollar question before we get into the D-men. Is I think so. Obviously, Backstrom's contract is the is the elephant. Yeah. Thing, right. Yeah. But what do you do with Kuzi? And you got to keep him and play him. Hopefully, he can and get that's better. up to me. That is totally up to Carberry and his staff. And yeah. He's convinced him to buy in, and he's like, dude, back checking is it's not optional anymore. You're a fucking diva. I get it, but you know. <laughs> uh, he's closer to Kuzi's age than any coach Kuzi's ever had. You know, does he get through to him so he's not the bad Kuzi? Because he's not Kuzi's not going to be dialed in for 82 games. We know that. But if this team can stay relevant and, you know, near a playoff spot, when he catches fire, he's as good as anybody in the league. I mean, he, he, what that, do you, that skating talent doesn't grow on trees. You what know? do you do with Oshie, Adam? <laughs> you hope he plays 60 games? I mean... Uh, seriously, he, he's going to get hurt every... He's going to have five, seven-game stints where you just don't see him. Yeah. That's where you need that deep, the deep bench. That's exactly right. You know? And that's why these young guys, if you're like, oh, whatever, Protus, you know, you need those guys because they are NHL-caliber players. So from that list, give me your top six going into the season. I mean, health-wise, if Backstrom's healthy. Everybody, everybody's healthy. All right. I think, I think Backstrom, Ovi, Wilson is probably your top line. You know, I think Kuzi, um, Milano, who am I missing? Patchy Reddy, that might be your second line. Um, I think Strom's your third line center. Dowd's your fourth line center. Um, and then and then you're peppering in LaPierre, McMichael, um, some of those younger guys. Yeah. Protus. I think Protus has to make this roster. The way he performed when he was in the NHL last year was more than serviceable. And then he was an absolute stud all the way through the Calder Cup. Playoffs. So, and it, I, what what winger is he? Right or left? He's a left winger. Okay. What about you, Adam? What do you think? I'd go with all that. Um, I'd add in. I I definitely want to see more Sonny Milano. Yeah, I hope agreed. he continues to make his way up the line. Yep. This is the year that McMichael's got to do it, or he's not going to do it. Well, this is the first year he should be given the opportunity. Right. But the, I, if he doesn't do it this year. Then that's two different coaching staffs that have said you're not good enough, right? So that that's a pretty good indication. I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, Lobby Lett just didn't want to play any young guy. He didn't give a shit who. I, he I, I get it. And the coaching staff it. before that, McMichael was 19. He, I get it. He I get it. Enough to play in the NHL. I get it. But now. I tried to convince this guy like three years ago. He's like, why is he playing? And I was like, he's 19. No. I tried like, to convince this guy. He's like, he's a first rounder. He should play. I was like, Dude, he loved Lavulette for like the first year and two first two actually until he was fired. Then then he switched and said, "I didn't really like it. I thought it was good. But this, you know, go see you. You know, well, go the guy who never listens to our podcast back either. <laughs> <laughs> it's all revisionist history. <laughs> all right. I mean, I just I, I think they're going to be worse than they were last year. They have the potential to be Jerry. Here's yeah. here's where again health is. That, that's that, that's the big one. When well, you're I mean, an aging team. Ovechkin. I mean, I mean, you know, Oshie's not going to be healthy. Nope. Backstrom's not going to be healthy. No, but the key guys to Wilson. be healthy are Wilson, Carlson, yeah, he's, TVR, Joel Edmondson. Like those guys have to stay healthy for 70, 75 games. If Backstrom gives you fifty decent games, I think that's a bonus. Yeah, but even his decent is slow. Even when he's healthy, he's not very good. And this is why having the movable parts is so key because he doesn't need to get 18 minutes a game. If he does, it means we had four power plays. Yeah, his production is going to come from the power play. That's exactly right. So is he a fourth-line center or a third-line center? No, he'll he'll, he'll start on the first line, and then it'll be completely special teams dependent from there on out. You know? Um, And you've got to have those movable parts. Um, um, uh, Their goaltending... I'll, I'll maintain their goaltending is going to be good, very back. solid, yeah. you know, and I think that's going to keep them in a lot of games. Um, but you know, Carlson for me is one of the big, big keys because he's not, he's, he's never been the fastest skater defensively, but he's very underrated with his smarts. You know, everybody sees the big shot. They see him, po- right. you know, set up Ovi on the power play and all that's great. <clears throat> but the guy doesn't usually get beat because he's always in the right position. He's smart. Um, and I'm just, I'm hoping he has healed completely and he can play with, with that, that kind of swagger that he likes to play with. Here's my concern about McClellan, and here's where I, he lost me, right? Um, not that he needed me, but he lost me. <laughs> I was going to say, he's probably, he can't sleep at night yeah. without your endorsement. Um, he, he's very transparent. Like, he'll talk to you. He doesn't yeah. give standard answers. And throughout the offseason, prior to the draft, it's we're going to make a move for a top six four. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, that's our intention. That's our intention. And then it didn't happen, and he goes, we just couldn't get it done. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because you can always get a trade done if you really want to. Right? If In the NHL, you can always find somebody to trade. And it just didn't seem, it didn't seem like he has much of a plan. That's, that's, just, my, my, that's just my take. It, it, he yeah. was, if, he did, if he had a plan, he wasn't able to execute it, which is as concerning as not having a plan. Um, but – I don't really think – I really don't think he, he knows what to do. Because on one hand, you're clearly in a rebuild. Right. Right? You're clearly in a rebuild. It's, I mean, new coach, get rid of the old players. Um, but then you have Ovechkin, mm-hmm. right? And he's sort of the elephant in the room because he doesn't deserve a rebuild. And promises formally and informally have been made that you're not going to do a rebuild. Right. Right? So – I mean, if I'm Ovechkin, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You know? Where's, where's my top six help? Mm-hmm. And maybe Kuznetsov fucked it up. Maybe, you know, the plan was to get rid of him, unload him, and now you can bring some dudes back. And they had apparently talks with Nashville, and that fell through. And maybe, maybe Kuzi fucked it up, right? Right. Um, and we all know about Backstrom, and maybe he was counting on Backstrom to help him out. And then, you know, I mean, Backstrom is the anchor weighing this franchise down sure um and it's sad to see because a lot of fans are starting to turn on him all like just on the internet you know like uh, why is he doing this to us and they don't understand anything they're naive of course but uh but um you know there should be a way to gracefully get him out and i don't like in the nfl you can buy people out you cannot in the NHL. well that's the dumbest fucking rule i've ever seen yeah. i mean the nhl contract rules are they're very player friendly. Yeah. Very player friendly. Um, whereas the NFL, you have to fight tooth and nail to get that guaranteed money in the NHL. Once it's done, it's done, man. It's just, it's just sad to see. Cause he'll hear some booze. Sure. And it's, you know, from his own, and he's got to know what well, he's got to know that they don't want him here anymore. 
right? Well, and it's just it, that's that's tough to live under. If, it, if it is. Look, man, yeah. he's father time always wins, and it doesn't help when you've got a degenerative hip at the age of thirty six. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, you know. Um, man, he's slow as fucking he, shit, he, he, man. dude. He was never fast, man. No, but never. I mean, last year was just terrible. You know, um, shit. In his it, it, two years before they won the cup, he was probably peak level where he had like 75 assists or something like that still slow as dirt yeah you know? but he had that big old ass and he could you know box people out and he knew what he was doing and like adam said he gets so many points on the power play um by the way it would drive you crazy being a hockey guy jerry hates the secondary assist he's like it's pointless and i'm like it's fucking yeah it's, it's he they like clear it out to somebody he who makes was, a great fucking- so his kids are stud you know double a u10 and i guarantee you they're going down to like the third level of passing is being so important jerry's hey, like just score i talked <laughs> i talked to stone he doesn't even he doesn't even acknowledge secondary assists he, <laughs> like not, jerry don't even talk to me about that this is it's embarrassing it's embarrassing that i'm even having to talk to you about this right it's the war i mean it's the most overrated thing because we when Jeremy, God bless his soul, was here, right? And they'd be talking about a player, and he's like, he's going to send me assists. Like, you don't have it on the fucking screen when the goal was scored. He, like, cleared the puck to that guy. And that guy Do you gets know a- who has the most secondary assists in the NHL? Sidney Crosby. That's right. Fucking asshole. That's probably why I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate Sidney Crosby. <laughs> so, you know. I knew there was a reason why it just rubbed me the wrong way. So, yeah. Could they be worse than last year? Absolutely, they could be. Um this league is young and it's fast and teams are aggressive and the caps are hamstrung with the contracts they gave out a couple years prior and a couple years post their Stanley cup run. But those teams that are up and coming are still fringe playoff teams and they don't have a cup. So in a perfect world, I understand what you're saying. It would be wonderful if McClellan could go out and grab that top six forward. The reality is this team was built to be a juggernaut for a decade and they worked. And we're just fortunate they got their cup out of it because there's a whole lot of teams that were built to be a juggernaut for a decade that were still four, five, six seeds for a decade and didn't even sniff the second or third round. See yeah. Toronto, you know? Yeah, but um, we, we compare against Pittsburgh. Well, there you go. That's my compare, Pittsburgh. No. Yeah. I mean, but your theory on Pittsburgh is right. It was fucking collusion with the league. How do you get back-to-back number one picks in the most, you know, um, you know healthy drafts in the history of the NHL and the, the team should have gone into bankruptcy. And they're like, no, no, we're just going to give them another chance. It was like they yeah. basically pushed that team up, you know. So while we compare ourselves to them because of the Ovechkin-Crosby thing, they couldn't be more different in terms of franchises. And the whole Crosby-Ovechkin thing, I've belabored the point. It's the dumbest fucking comparison ever. It's like, who's better, Patty Mahomes or Lawrence Taylor? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's right. two completely different positions, you know. Well, they, um, they appear to be better situated – at least on paper, on defensively. They, right? And that's what I mean. I think Carlson, Alexiev, Edmondson, Faravari, yeah. Jensen, and Sandine, and TVR. So, so Faravari's a key guy there because they re-signed him to a pretty decent, friendly deal, and people are like, oh, whatever. No, no, no. That's basically the equivalent of your free agent signing. When you can keep your own guys that are on that precipice of getting a big deal and you can hold on to them for three or four more years, to me, that's better than going out and taking a flyer on a free agent and overpaying for them, you know? But again, the average fan doesn't want to look at that. They're like, oh, where's the, you know, where's the Trevor Zegras of the world? Yeah, no, that, that's not in the cards, guys. That's not how it works, you know? So, Adam, if you're the coach, what's your first conversation with Kuznetsov? Do you give him some blow? Hook him up with a dealer for the for the season. Maybe they'll you know make it legal. I don't know. I know we definitely have to get him reengaged with the team and being here and want to be here and get him back. Yeah, to where he used to be. But how do you do that? I don't know. And and I'm still not convinced. Um, he and Mantha aren't going to move before the season. Right. They you might. Know, there, there is a decent chance that when the guys report back and they have their interviews and the coaching staff gets a feel, you know, if Carberry's like, look, we're, we're going to take a bath on these deals, but I'd rather just, I, I'd rather suck a little bit and go with some of the young guys and see what we can do midseason if we're, if we're competitive than, than take these guys. Or he might go, you know what? I, I can turn these guys around. I got it. You know? Um, sometimes a different voice can do that. And hockey's a funny game like that. How many, how many guys do you see, like, middle part of their career, you're like, ah, they're washed, they're washed, and then some sort of synergy happens. They're in the right spot. They got the right coach. They're feeling good. 
and all of a sudden they're a seventy point guy again. I mean, yeah. it happens. You know, right. they, gonna, they want me. They want me here. I got some of my buddies boom. here. I'm gonna yep. start playing well. Yep. And for all the talk of Wilson getting moved, you know, I don't think it's gonna happen because uh, dollar wise, I think he's a little bit overpaid. But I still think he's got two years left in him where he can be. He can play 70-plus games, and he can be that 50- to 55-point guy. And I think that that's not far off compensation-wise with where he is. But can he be physical? I mean, he's going to have to be. The only way he gets, he gets to 55 points is his physicality. you know. Right. But he should be 20-plus goals. And he should be 30-plus assists. Power play one slash two time. Maybe 40 even with secondary assists. <laughs> <laughs> they all count as an assist, Jerry. Yeah. You don't, you don't get a half for the secondary. <laughs> the, the Zoshi is where is he? If assuming he's, oh, he's in the game, he's, he's going to be a top six guy when he's in there. But again, he's one of those guys that, like I mentioned, you, like Wilson, I don't mind. He can flight between the first and the third line, and I don't think that's a detriment to the team or to him. You know, they're they're depth guys, but do you got to manage those minutes, man. Do you go in the season and say, "Listen, you're playing every third game." I don't know that they have that luxury. Right. Um, especially, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. This is where the rules of the NHL are fucking maddening because depending on the wingers that they'd like to be able to, to healthy scratch slash flight between the AHL and the NHL, there's so many prohibitive rules for guys having to clear waivers. So You could healthy scratch o- Oshi though, right? Oh, you, you, you can. Yeah, like, I was just saying, you're going to be – the guy that would take his spot, is he waiver exempt? And, and does he have that free pass between the NHL and the AHL? Right. Most of those guys aren't your – the guys that we're talking about, Protus, LaPierre, McMichael, those, those aren't those guys. You need to make that decision whether they're up or they're down, and that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Yeah. You know? Like you hard logistically also. Very. During the season. Very. Yep. So it just adds those elements to it, you know? Well – I mean, right now, you, you, we haven't heard from Kuzi, but, you know, maybe he can put on a good face, come in with some optimism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Mantha's a clusterfuck. He's just a clusterfuck of a. I will say that's one of the most bizarre trades I've ever seen now, looking back at it. And trades are always retrospective, right? You got to give it a few years to yeah. see how everything. But Verona for Mantha at the time, you know. Was solid for solid. Yeah. You were like, man, that was tit for tat. That was, that was okay. And now both guys are just kind of forgotten yeah you know it's it's so weird um but you know i I think both are overpaid and underperforming you know all right adam this is all this is what we do towards the end of the podcast give me your thoughts going into the season what are your expectations for the capitals going in i'm just hoping they make the playoffs (laughs) i think that should be their number one goal is to make sure they make the playoffs this year because i think exiting early Last year was it, – it, it certainly takes the wind out of the fan base. Yeah. It does. <clears throat> the, the, the other part to that is they weren't going to go very far in the playoffs last year. Right. You know, they were just beat up and bruised and battered, and at least they got themselves a better pick, and you hope that that ends up panning out in a couple of years, like I said. Um, but I'm with you. I think with a young coaching staff, they're going to be aggressive to make the playoffs. You know, you want to make that mark if you're Carberry. Yeah. Hey, this is my first shot. I've got a record-setting goal scorer on my team. I got enough talent. Don't give me the boo-hoo, you know, this contract, that contract. I think he's looking at it as, fuck it. Backstrom's still an NHL center, and he's on my team, and I got to get the best out of this guy and the guys around him. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I hope he takes that approach. I don't really give a fuck how long they go in the playoffs. They need to make the playoffs. That would be nice. Right? I mean, they just need to make the playoffs. Um, and if they lose in the first round and swept, it's, least, it's better than not making the fucking playoffs. Right? So... Um, I don't think they make the playoffs, though. I think it's going to be six in the Met and, and miss in the playoffs. See, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time <clears throat> making a real prediction yet. I, I got to see what this roster is going to look like first. I'm you assuming they're, they can't make the trades, and, and maybe they can. No, and they they, can't, can. they, they yeah. can't get any relief. I, that's what I'm assuming, right? Right. And I, and I, I just think that, you know, Mantha, you, have, you can't rely on him. No. He's, I think he's a mental clusterfuck, and and I don't think Kuznetsov just wants to be here. And we've seen it over and over again. I mean, to do this, to the, do the same thing and expect different results is insanity. So, yes, but <clears throat> the infusion of youth that that this team is going to have, and Carberry, right, and the new coaching staff, is that a guarantee? Of course not. 
but it's a it's a better jumping off point for guys like Mantha and Kuzi now than it was a year ago. You know who I'm gonna miss? Blaine Forsythe. <laughs> that guy was fucking awesome. He wasn't. I don't know why the fuck that guy's still in working. Like he <laughs> must he must be related to every GM by marriage or something. <laughs> that is your least favorite assistant coach of all time. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, honestly, I, I'm a complainer and I love Ovechkin, <laughs> right? But it just, he's in charge of power play and we ran the same fucking thing. It's like if I ran a defense in the NFL, we just ran a 4 4 cover three the whole fucking time, didn't blitz, didn't move anybody around. I was just like, okay, let's do that. Let's keep on doing it. You know, eventually, right. eventually, you know, and I know, you know, the puck bounces here, puck bounces there, sure. and Ovechkin gets lined up and, and he can, you know, he's like a three point shooter. He can knock it in if he has, a, if he has an alley. But it just didn't seem to be a lot of fucking creativity. <clears throat> really for didn't. all the fucking years really didn't last yeah. year was a very stagnant year in my in my opinion i was i was disappointed that laviolette didn't go with his gut and just open things up a little bit i think he did a very poor job at the end i, I think so too like like his last year was really bad I, honestly it was like the last 30 games because yeah. they were what fifth sixth right 50 55 games into the season a lot of injuries i get it and even if he didn't make the playoffs, but they went out like, you know, in a, in, a, in, in a blaze of glory, you know, playing some exciting hockey, that would have been one thing. It made them really mundane and boring. And to your point, the power play was 100% mundane and boring. Right. You know, um, and I think with some infusion of some new ideas, some new personnel, both from the coaching staff and from, you know, your roster, you know, I, I, I'm optimistic that it's going to be a better product to watch. What that results in, I just don't know yet. You know, I got to see what this roster is going to look like. Is the... Does the Colossus failure called the Wizards, does that have any effect? Because, I mean, it's, it's dragging Ted down. Well, no. I, look, the, the, the NHL, the, the Wizards are dragging themselves down. Oh, yeah. They're, the I mean, they're, the NBA contracts are, you know, structured is so bizarre to me. Um, yeah, if, if their lack of success has Ted cash poor. That's what I was wondering. On, on that side of it, that's fine. You can only spend so much in the NHL. And the caps are already up against it. Like he's, up against he's essentially it. already spent the money. It's how how can you move enough parts to use the money better? And the answer right now is with the Mantha, Koozie, and Backstrom contracts. The answer is no. What's the what's the Backstrom contract? I think it's up in twenty twenty four. What's the what's the yearly? Was it hit eight point well, eight something like that? Maybe even nine point one. It's it's it's. It's bad. It's north of eight. I don't think it's over nine, but it's it's pretty close to that. And what's Koozie? Seven five. And what's Mantha? Like four or five. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, that you know. And this is the last year that we have to deal with Backstrom, or is it next year? I think too? it's next year. I think it's through twenty twenty four. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. That's tough, man. Yeah. Because every year you're just hopeful. Hey, man, just. Time to retire. I know. Can't we like make him like special assistant to something <laughs> or other? And well, look, man. Depending on how the season starts, best case scenario is the the Caps actually start well, and I'm talking like through 2025 20, games. Not yeah, for not through four. Seven, right? Yeah, you know, 2025 20, games in, you're like, shit, this team's not that bad. But Backstrom's really not playing, and he seems beat up. Then you might get a taker, your Arizona's, some of those guys, where you go, hey. Stash this guy on your roster. You're not even close to making the, you know, you're above the cap floor, but you're not even close to the cap ceiling. Do us a solid. Take this guy. You don't even need anything in return. We're going to hook you up with a couple draft picks down the road or whatever else. And you, you essentially, it's almost like collusion, but, you, you know, you teams have done this in the past. We've seen Pittsburgh do it. We've seen Chicago do it. We've seen Tampa do it. Like, you know, this is not unheard of in the NHL. Is it possible he's ever a healthy scratch? Oh, for sure. Like multiple times in a row, like yes, but again, it all depends on who you're able to bring yeah. up, logistically speaking, and waiver exempt. Shit, but you could fucking move somebody over, right? I mean, even at the top, like one of the wingers saying you're playing, you're playing center. Well, yeah, I mean, Pat can Chiretti, like Sonny, can like Sonny, Sonny Milano play center? No, but Pacioretty can, Oshie can. I don't like Oshie at center, but but he can, you know. Um, and I mean, shit, McMichael and Lapierre, if they're on the roster, they're both natural centers. Yeah, but I think they're. I think they're NHL wingers. So that's just it, man. NHL GMs, they salivate over centers. Right. You're drafting this kid at 17, 18. You're like, oh, he's a born center. Those born centers are 
they are unique. They are your Sidney Crosby's of the world, and they don't come around, you know, every 20, 25 years. That's just the way it is. Your buddy coming around. Fuck, I hate that guy. <laughs> so he's not even I, fucking Canadian. He's from, like, Nova Scotia. That's not look, even Look, man, he, he's, you know, he is what he is, but guy's fucking good, man. Oh, of course he's good. If he, it looked like, it was like, you know, Coach K. If he wasn't good, yeah, I know. he wouldn't, wouldn't be worth the time to hate. He's so hateable. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. fuck, I mean, you know, I didn't hate, like, Dave Odom. Who gives a fuck about Dave Odom, right? It's a great poll. All right. Well, any final thoughts, Adam? No, I appreciate the invite. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was great having you, man. uh, We'll have to to get you back on maybe when the season starts or, you know, when when we see what the roster is really looking like and kind of fine tune our predictions a little bit. I'm sure Jerry will be way more rah rah and optimistic by that point. (laughs) Jerry's going to fucking Tanya Harding. Nick Baxter might be as he's walking in the arena. Somehow Baxter and Mantha just aren't fit to play anymore. Right? <laughs> uh, forced into retirement yeah, by Jerry. Fucking, Hyde. fucking Nancy Kerrigan is ass. <laughs> nah, I just uh, it's it's sad to see. I you know you don't want him to be embarrassed, but actually he's sort of bringing it on himself. Hey man, we will see. I'm I'm I'm, I'm holding back judgment. Um, All right, who has a better season, Nick Baxter or Sam Howe? Oh, that's a good one. That's got to be Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. It's got to be Sam Howell, right? Yeah. Even though I just said Brissett's going to start more games. That's just my pessimistic commander side. No, I mean, look, he could – but I was just pleasantly surprised with how he conducted himself. Now, the remaining part of practice, he could have been like, what is that? Where's the huddle? I don't know. You know, he could – Jerry, they could be 0-3, and and Ron could come out and go – we're going to go with the guy that's going to give us the best chance to win. And then, you know, Jacoby yep. Brissett, you know, get some five or six games. And, you know, yeah, I'll you be know. watching the Ravens at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Just please don't go to the games. Yeah, I won't go to the games. <laughs> I'll come over here. I'll bring, I'll bring the tailgate over here. Uh, and by the way, fuck you, Bob Huggins. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do college. Fuck you, Bob Huggins. As we get into August, we'll, we'll, we'll break down our Terps and WVU and all that jazz. So, all right, boys. Well, all until right. next time, wings, beers, and tears. Later. Peace. See ya.